noodle sorter. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. I can't help but notice your pain. <laughs> and I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the neglected knob thatcher. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are, if you don't know what a knob thatcher is, uh, Google it. Just no K. If you put a K in front of the knob, it's a very different thing. That's something different. Uh, it's very yeah. different. Very. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to? Al? Um, I have been entertaining tiny people. Um, mm. So I had guests stay the weekend, and then they left Did they this find morning. the dinosaurs? They, they found all the dinosaurs, yeah. It was a good dinosaur hunt. And then we also played Dinosaurs Top Trumps, which is also good. Um, and then they left this morning, and then they were closely followed by more children this afternoon. So yeah, no doubt at some point in the next week, I will fall incredibly ill due to being surrounded <laughs> by disease-ridden kids. Mm. Um, but it allowed me to shoot a couple of scenes for an upcoming project, um, which is a lot of fun. So that will hopefully be out in the next couple of days because it's all shot and finished. I just need to do the edit. Um, nice. Good thing I could get you that two seconds you asked for. Super helped out. I know it was a big ask, but... Um, yeah, I appreciate that you replied back to my what would you like question marks. But more than just question marks. Whatever. That's me. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brett, what about you? Other than doing uh, videos for Al. No, I haven't been doing videos for Al because I thought it was understood when I send you questions after you asked me a question that it was like, what would you like? It's okay, Brett. All right. Well, I'm not Brett, very you, happy about it Are you really going to complain about people not replying to questions? Not at all. That would be, <laughs> that would be very hypocritical. Of me. <laughs> uh, uh, so what else have you been up to then? I have been dealing with silly video things on my own. Uh, on my end, I I don't want to get into a long thing, but I, every time I say that, I do. So I told Al about it. I had a little vent session. I I have had a video done and ready for almost a week now, because that's when it was due for the sponsors to look over it, because it was supposed to be a sponsored video, and I was very excited to be able to get it out. Whatever. Uh, the video has been private since it has six views on it <laughs> and i've been completely ghosted by the otherwise very very communicative nice people who have just disappeared Damn and it. now i don't know really how to handle it other than i'm probably going to after we're done with the podcast send a very strongly worded email <laughs> um because I, I i honestly i don't know what to do i've never had this happen before you know like it's amazing to be able to get some sponsored stuff, and I'm I'm excited that I've gotten to do a few. But this is the first time that they're like, "Hey, we'll have you do this thing. It'll be great. Let's see your video." I show it to them, and they're like, eh? "Nothingness." <laughs> so either I need to just pull the sponsorship part of the video out and upload it because at this point now. It's just delaying me posting videos, which is an issue for those people that try and produce YouTube on a regular basis. Um, <clears throat> but in other good, gooder news, I should be receiving a phone call about my cabin 
paperwork that has taken weeks yeah. and may actually have some progress going forward on uh it all starts out with this assessment somebody's supposed to show up and look at the place and go right what's been done illegally before you bought this house because there's a possibility that all of the wiring and plumbing was done without the proper paperwork um which could pose some problems but whatever shouldn't shouldn't be a huge deal and then hopefully power which is the huge milestone holdup thing that I've been waiting on. It's, it's to try and get power on site so that I don't have to plan, you know, build times back and forth between the Maker Ranch and, and the cabin. So cross fingers, hope it goes well, hope to get a phone call soon. Other than that, I started a restoration. We're going to call it a restoration. But <laughs> I got Is that what it is? If that's what it is, well, call me that. Go look up the definition. Uh, I had a long talk with Miss Jessica uh, the other night. Rub dirt onto a games console and then clean it off. There you go. Um, it's actually it's it's one of those moments of breaking something down and learning a lot about it. Like it's a bench grinder. We do not have one at the Maker Ranch, so just a little two two arm bench grinder. Um, the 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 shop that I had gone and kind of picked. I, I think I talked about it a little bit um he had one sitting there but it was on its own base that he had created like some tube steel and an old hubcap or an old wheel and as i was taking apart the thing yesterday i realized that he made three or four aspects of the grinder itself like he fabricated part of the body and did some little nuanced um additions to it as well as being that it's a uh it's a belt driven <laughs> so it has an external motor and it run it ran like a top actually it it turned on at the workshop but it had a hoover cord spliced into it that was like 20 feet long <laughs> so it was it's it's a little uh sketchy at face value but i honestly i'm learning a lot i got to take the entire thing apart and realize that they're not super complicated uh especially when there's an external motor <laughs> so there's not really much to the interior it's of just a, a spindle it really <laughs> yeah. is it's a spindle inside a housing nice yeah um so it's been it's been one of those nice moments of like i didn't ever think i'd take one of these apart and clearly this guy had the know-how to effectively build one like he cut the bottom of the case open put a a dolly not a dolly wheel but whatever the the wheel that carries the belt right the belt mm, wheel yeah. that goes down to the motor he clearly fabricated all this stuff and there were 15 different types of nuts and bolts holding it all together so <laughs> it'll be nice to kind of like clean it up put it all back together i'm going to make a new base for it uh so that we can roll it in and out of the shop and I haven't done an old tool, you know, restoration. That's what it is. It's totally restoration because uh, the wiring fell apart in transit. So <laughs> I have to put it back together. It doesn't work anymore. Is it a restoration or is it a rebuild? You're a rebuild. <laughs> but it's it's only now that you realize how fucking valuable filming your projects is. You're like, oh, right. That's where that screw goes. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, the the more I I've talked to Eric from Handtool in the past, it's like, oh, you just have visual recollection of where every yeah. nut and bolt goes if you film it correctly. 
Um, I'm I'm calling it a restoration, Steve, because it is not in working order. It's not in proper working order, and I need Thanks. to get it working again. Yeah, it's a fucking restoration. I I did I did a not restoration because it it didn't solve any problems, but I learned in building the recent project um, that you shouldn't cut high density foam on a circular saw. <laughs> um, and I wasn't being careless. I'd set up a jig and everything, and it was held tightly, and it was actually cutting really nicely. It's like a really clean cut through his foam, and then it just bound up on it, and it pulled the. It was like a big lump of rubber, and it just pulled it up into the like blade housing on the chop saw, and then jammed in, the, just like hundred percent like saw stop the fucking blade, and then exploded inside the blade housing, shattered Great. the blade housing, which is like solid like cast. I'm assuming aluminium. Yeah. Um, so that exploded. It's like bent the arbor and everything. So the chop saw is absolutely fucked. Um, all from cutting off squishy rubber. Just thought it was quite funny. But right. I then proceeded to take it all apart. Um, it just reminded me of Brett and taking all the screws out and putting all the screws in the place and working yeah. out where they all go to then subsequently just throw it in the fucking bin anyway. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty broken. sure. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure there's a reason they have the the self-contained bench grinders nowadays, you know. And it's yeah, it would have been nice to walk in there and find one that was worth a bunch of money and was very powerful and strong and beefy and like a like a old Baldor grinder or something. I don't know what it is. As far as I know, there's no markings on it. The guy clearly fabricated a lot of it himself. Yeah. But I guess swapping um, out the mo- swapping out the power chain is a real what? benefit. Like back in the day. I- yeah, oh, was it was it, it ran the full length too. The motor was mounted very close to the the bottom where the yeah. wheel was, and so there was about you know a I don't know 0. 0.7 of a meter, whatever that is. <laughs> um, there was a huge length of this uh, V belt running, so you know if you ever leaned down or dropped apart, it would probably just suck it into the belt and throw it up into the motor. Um, yeah. I, I know that redoing something like this, it's definitely one of those, it's not so far removed from working order, but considering what it looks like, it's all rusted it out and it's still spun free, but it's teaching me a lot in the process. So I hope that it, within the video, I can treat it a little bit more like, I'm going to learn something while doing this. And I haven't really done wiring, but all the wiring is garbage. You know, it's an, and it's all flaking apart. And all of the connections broke off in transit. So it's easy. It's an easy lift. But at the same time, like I don't know that two years ago, I could have gone and seen a bench grinder and go, you know, I need one of those. Oh, but that looks too worse for wear. I don't think I could put it back together. Now there's yeah. a bit of confidence with like, it's just a couple of wires. Like I'm pretty sure I can figure this out. I think the hardest part <laughs> is that the, the toggle switch on the front, that's one of those really nice, like click, click, click. It has three positions. Yeah. Oh, nice. That thing shot out on me. But when I took it apart, I realized that it's actually a relatively new switch. Like the guy put it in there himself and rewired it. So I have to look into what a three position toggle switch needs to be wired up like. Quite complicated, I think. Is it really? It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not three phase motor, is it? No, there's something no, no. with the the ground and the neutral that there are certain panels on the toggle switch that they go to. Otherwise, it like runs in reverse. I've just seen a lot of people take apart like switches on things like 
big like motor driven stuff in the shop and it's like yeah. way more complicated than you'd expect it to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i can only yeah. assume that guys like uh steve you seem like this kind of thing would be right up your alley with all the car work that you've got mm. experience with in the past like, this does not seem very complicated but obviously i'm looking at it I, I having say, not dealt with motors a lot the the one that uh that i was thinking of is um on your on a car where you have uh like your lights you've got side lights low beam um and high beam like that's a really really simple uh set of switches so it it might be really simple like that where it is literally just three different positions um depending on how it's uh like where the switch is or it might be a complete pain in the ass but like i i really like the old stuff like that where the motor is separate because i mean uh, little things like uh, the Twineworks where they've got all of the old machinery there, like they've got a little bench grinder, they've got a little um, uh, mini lathe um, and a, a few other bits of kits and like the um, uh, drill press and shit like that. And it all runs off of a single motor because it's all basically off of like a, a miniaturized version of line shaft equipment. Um, and I've been tempted so many times to, uh, to get a half decent, electric motor um and start off actually by building my own bench grinder because they're they are super simple builds because it is literally just a a shaft a couple of bearings and some like a housing sort of thing um but yeah it's it's it should should be relatively easy i mean i I guess it's one of those like if it turns out to be a complete pain in the ass then you you find another way of doing it sort of thing. Well, here's the real issue with it. When I turned it on in the shop, as bodged together as this thing was, or at least the way that it looked, the guy's shop that we went to was a gunsmith machinist. And so I should have only expected this, but I hit the toggle switch and turned it on, and it made zero noise and ran like a top. Nice. So I get to put it back together and get it working again and then realize that it probably shakes and makes a bunch of vibrations and noises and stuff <laughs> and totally screwed up this guy's hard work. But yeah, if that is not the case, it means that I got this good motor and whatever this fabricated crazy grinder that this guy fabric cobbled together and, and I will get to appreciate and it will live a second life in the maker ranch. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. So Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Not a huge amount. Um, again, it's just been like the last couple of weeks have been uh, a lot of worky work. Uh, we have filmed another video. Um, well, we filmed part of another video. Uh, have we haven't broken the hour threshold yet. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> but um, but we're uh, we filmed like the the making part of it. So the actual. Uh, the forging and and all of that um but that was kind of a full day although it was a full day of me and al both working quite slowly um uh but we we're actually going to go spend some time with one of the chefs uh in the next few weeks um and do that as like a separate filming day um kind of like what we did with uh the coffee scoop one um like spend a bit more time on the, the second half of the video rather than kind of trying to rush through it and, and, and just catch a few like 
glory shots as it were uh we want to do a little bit more in depth um talk about the a um the product that we've made but also the stuff that the the chef's doing and that as well um and that's kind of more where we're aiming to go uh with some of the other videos i mean i know we we talked a little bit about um uh like the the idea of of selling out and clickbaity stuff on your your videos and stuff like that and we are 100 percent doing that with working with the chefs because that's the audience that that we're going for so we're we're trying to um to get a few more bits done with some of the bigger chefs that we know and we already work with so that we can use their draw to to pull in some people to see some more of the stuff they're making um so that's gonna be good um but yeah that was kind of worky stuff uh i have not done a huge amount of uh work at home although i've got like an ever-growing list of things that need doing but the one thing that i have managed to do i say i've managed to do it <laughs> I planted some plants a little while back, and now I've got some unknown peppers. I think are jalapenos, but I'm not really sure. They look jalapeno-ish, so I'm going to bite one of them later and see what happens. Nice. Um, and uh, the uh, butternut squash plants that I planted a few weeks ago have gone absolutely fucking mental, uh, taken over an entire area of the garden, and... Um, uh, actually have little mini butternut squashes growing on it which is yeah, extremely yeah. exciting for me um because i like plants uh but yeah that's kind of it like it's it's not been a entirely um it's not it's not been a particularly busy week or anything but that's because i've i've kind of had to uh neglect some of the stuff going on at home because i've been too busy at work making stuff which segues beautifully into our uh topic which uh was the one that we were going to talk about last week but then i kind of derailed us by talking about something else entirely um, biscuits but it's not fucking biscuits nobody wants to talk about biscuits mm. I, I i do actually want to talk about biscuits but i can't eat any biscuits because they're all got fucking gluten in it and so therefore we're never going to discuss them on here because it upsets mm. me it upsets me al all right uh What's the yeah, so the topic this week uh, is was Franco's suggestion from last week, which was what are the things in life that you neglect so that you can make? Um, and I think we're kind of all going to have slightly different uh, viewpoints on this um, because I, oddly enough, I now neglect making so that I can make because my full-time job is now getting to make shit. Um, and it's great, but it means that yeah, you know, I I don't make videos for myself anymore because I don't have the time or the inclination because I'm you know the I'm working much longer hours than I was when I was doing four on four off. Um so I don't have the free time anymore. And the free time I do have, I'm generally doing so many other things that doing videos just isn't that high up on the list. Um because you know, I'm getting to do a little bit of that with the Forge stuff, so I don't actually, I, I, I don't want to sit for two days editing a video for the Forge and then sit for another day editing a video for Moonshine when I could spend that time, you know, being productive or doing a million other things. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of interested to get your guys' opinion on this because obviously, Brett, you're 
uh, like a full-time maker now and Al, you are a special case. Um, so what sort of things did you, do you guys feel that you've given up uh, to be able to make other than your dignity? <laughs> Never had What's that to dignity? begin with. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old wooden ship. Go first, Al. <laughs> you go on. Um, and kind of similar to you, Steve, I think, that that sacrificing the making things for the making things. I feel that, yeah. like, um, I could be going at what, what spare time I do have when I'm not at work. I could be going and building stuff for myself, but I find that I'm building stuff for for building stuff's stake, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, building that fire pit a few weeks ago, throughout the process of building it, I realized, like, fuck, like, why have I not built myself a fire pit? <laughs> <laughs> like I seem to I seem to build things for another purpose. So you know I'll build you'll see in the um in the new video that's hopefully up this week that I build something for the sake of the thing. And it it probably would have been a really useful thing. Like and I probably could have built it a long time ago and I probably could have used it for something else. I think that's for me is the thing that gets neglected is the actual purpose. Yeah. So it's like the the sensibleness is the thing I'm neglecting. I'm building things for like their comedy value or like the the just the hilarity impact of the yeah the the fact that they're not normal whereas actually i probably could be building them to be fucking useful like the first um old brainless the first uh dirty smith zombie challenge yeah like the amount of times i've actually used that thing as like a a lopper for branches on the tree because it's a chainsaw <laughs> on a stick. It's so fucking useful. I was like, yeah. I could be, I could be making this stuff actually for a purpose and to be really helpful and to help me out. Yeah. But most of the things I make just hinder me. So like, <laughs> I've got a full suit of armor on a fucking mannequin in my workshop, just in the way all the time now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's cool, but all it does is make life hard for me. So <laughs> I, I neglect. I think I neglect purpose more than anything. Or, nice. or build it, building useful things for myself. Yeah, it would be top of my list of neglects. You know, just but, like shit to help out around the house. Like I could be building like a, a spice rack. It took me three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that <laughs> is that because that kind of goes back to uh, the like related a little bit to the conversation we had the other day about you know building um, wacky shit for the the sake of essentially for the sake of content rather than. Um, like and that being the purpose that you're making something rather than it being for a practical reason. So do you think I'm, I'm not I'm not sure it's for content. It's more for to see if I can do it. Yeah. So can I solve a problem that exists? Yeah. Even if it's a hypothetical one. Can I can I use what I have at my disposal to solve a, a problem or a challenge? Mm. So that that's why I build stuff. The fact yeah. that I then film it and share it is kind of a byproduct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can I build something that brings a, a, a computer close to me while I'm lying in bed? <laughs> you know, yes, yeah. I can with what's yeah. lying around in the shed. Um, so for me, it's it's more I just try to work out if I can solve a problem, and then once mm-hmm. I can, I might as well just go and burn it. It's like you know, like a Colin First project, like build that and then set fire to it. <laughs> 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 I don't need it anymore. I solved that problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting kind of point of view. Like, I, I, it's, it's not. I, I hadn't even ever thought of it like that. But now you said it, like, yeah, that makes total sense. The amount of times that 
you know, when I was uh, when I was still making videos, like I would quite often make a a silly thing, or I'd I'd make a thing but make it even sillier. Um, more because it was it was fun to do and, and things like that rather than going all oh, right i need x therefore i'm going to make x it's it's more kind of like so so I, you know i had, had no coffee table for three years at my house yeah so it's literally just like there's a sketch in that video where like i'm just dropping the glass on the floor like lockstock yeah it's like no there is there wasn't anywhere to put drinks yeah you know and i haven't got money to buying furniture so like for years i was just sat with no coffee table and it only took me to want to try and solve an engineering challenge, an electronics challenge, and you know, a repurposing and an upscaling challenge. Yeah. But then, kind of, I allowed myself to the fucking luxury of building myself a coffee table. <laughs> it's like, it's just like those priorities. Like I don't prioritize. Just yeah. Simple like ease of life for me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I kind of I I completely get that because. Not necessarily in the the same sort of um, wacky engineering side of things, but like there's uh, there's a lot of stuff like the the bookshelf that I've had planned out for fucking years, <laughs> and actually a coffee table and two side tables for um, for me and Jazz. Like I I know that I need to build them, and I really want to build them, and I I could have built each one of them ten times over if I just gone right. I just need to do the simplest thing possible and just get it done, but. I don't want to do the simplest thing possible. I want to, yeah. I you know, I I want to incorporate this aspect and oh, actually, I've really wanted to try doing this thing, so I want to incorporate that as well. And and oh, I want to do this other thing that I've seen someone else do. Like it's it's wanting to, it it's not, sorry, it's being able to or not being able to just go. I need a a simple thing, therefore I'm going to make a simple thing. It's going. Yeah. I need this simple thing. Now I'm going to find 15 ways to make it way more complicated and take 20 <laughs> times as long uh, just because I want to make it rather than going, actually, I'm going to spend 15 quid and buy the thing from Facebook Marketplace. Well, it's, it's like the permissibility thing. It's like what what am I, something has to be special for me for it to, yeah. to allow me to dedicate time to it because yeah. I've got so little time. That That portion of time I've got, I'm like, right, well, if I'm going to do it, it's better be something cool or it better be something special. It can't be something basic. So I think yeah. that's why what I do is always over the top or silly or daft or has extra unnecessary things on it because I I almost don't allow myself to make the simple coffee table. Yeah. Because it's like, well, that's not valuable enough of the use of your time. Yeah. Which sounds really like patronizing, but and I'm sure you could make fantastically beautiful ornate coffee tables. You know, if Sean <laughs> Everly was to make a coffee table, it would be the most exquisite valuable yeah. use of his time mm -hmm. ever um but in my head it's like that's not a priority yeah so i think like neglect and priority go hand in hand in terms of what what like i, I let myself do and it's yeah. that permission that i give myself yeah mm -hmm. and and like i say i i just find it uh hilarious that we're both kind of similar in that respect of of you need it to be special before you spend the time on it and i I could quite eat like I could quite easily go out and just buy a fucking coffee table mm. to to for you know ten quid from Facebook or whatever. Yeah. But it's that like well no I'd rather spend eighty quid on materials and twelve hours of my time and make the thing that I want to make rather than going well actually I could just get one for now as a stopgap. I'll just spend five years not having one just because 
oh yeah, but I'll get around to that soon. I'll get around to that soon. If because I know if I get it, if I get the the stopgap one, I'll either just go, oh fuck it, this is good enough, and never move past that stopgap coffee table or sideboard or whatever. Um or I'll end up building a uh like a, an elaborate thing that then incorporates the shitty one and put them side by side and go, why did I why did <laughs> no, I I've got, to make that. I've got to remake that as well. Yeah, exactly. Um Brett, what about you? Sleep <clears throat> probably or or uh yeah sleep maybe eating I don't know uh giving up a steady steady job or or steady income and and the benefits that come with it those are the more I would say practical things that I think about sometimes like I had a I had a steady paying gig at my old job you know there was a paycheck coming in regularly and I had a schedule and I just kind of went about, went about my days and weeks doing the thing. And, you know, for a while there, I really appreciated what I did. Um, I liked the people that I worked with and it was a small enough company where it didn't seem overwhelming or like there were too many people around all the time. I wasn't, I was never in a position where I had, you know, hundreds of people to talk to all day long or everybody taking my time. There were frustrating days, but it was, I don't know. It was not complacency, but it's nice. You know, there, there were days in there that was like, man, I'm just, it's so nice that I I get to just come to work and I worked in New York city (laughs) and it was great. And I had decent income and, you know, it's weird knowing that the the choice that I made, however practical it seemed to me, because I value my happiness or my creativity, quote unquote, enough to step into you know, making videos for YouTube or exploring a lot with different materials and ways to make things. So it has completely destroyed any semblance of schedule. And some days are 16 hour days where you just blast from morning to night. And then there are other days where uh, it's spent figuring out how to, you know, keep the mortgage paid on the cabin that I can't live in. And, you know, moving across the country to come and take the next step of the adventure. All of these things seem kind of normal to me or, or they don't seem so fantastical or surprising to to my life so but when you're the... talking about giving up to to do making full-time i feel like a lot of that is security and regularity or normality to quote you know yeah hitchhiker's guide so one of the one of the questions i got uh with regards to that then is like we're we're in a similar situation in that we've both given up uh, regular well-paying jobs to do um, making for a living but with mine I've got a, I've got a little bit more security than than perhaps you do because I'm working for someone else but as part of that I have uh, very little freedom in in what I get to make like I haven't um, I've got a list of things that I want to make and want to forge out and and play around with, but I can't necessarily do them. Um, I'm 
making the same things day in day out um which don't wrongly it, it's great but it also means that i don't get to to play around and and just make make something because i'm like oh i really fancy making one of them um with uh with what you're doing now obviously you're making or you're trying to make you know a project a week a project every two weeks or whatever but do you find that you're only making stuff for videos or are you still going oh actually i need to make a coffee table i'm but i've already got three videos lined up i'm just going to make it and i mean surely, surely that's what the, the forged home is for right it's like practical stuff that you you need yeah. yeah but so yeah but i i mean more as in like do you do you find yourself making for pleasure or is it just making for for videos now no i mean i still think that you know uh, almost almost on the topic of of red's question that we talked about what last week or the week before it's it's still a constant back and forth between say if you separate the two channels in this example I know that I will not stop doing exactly what I'm doing for Skull and Spade. And it is a it is a creative outlet for me. It is a way for me to practice things and present them to the world. Anything that I've learned, I get to share. Um, the Forge Some stuff is going to be more practical and there will be more apl applicable skills and um, builds centered around something that you can do in the house right Steve if you have a bookshelf that you've been meaning to do for a while I've had the side table and wardrobe for this place so I can store my clothing and get it out of um, suitcases and bags and actually hang it up and, and be able to you know sift through the clothing that I have and not wear the same five things every day but I don't ever want things to change for uh, the main channel it is not hmm. there. It was never there. And even with the sponsors, I know I started out the episode talking about this stuff, but even with the sponsor stuff that are happening on a semi-regular basis now, I'm super excited to know that I could be creating some type of income for myself based on what I do. But I'll never lose the perspective of, like, I don't, I don't do this to collect the giant paycheck. I'm not producing every week or even every two weeks yeah, and no, I'm, I, not I'm not producing go ahead I, sorry I, I just meant as in I'm not uh, I'm not suggesting that um, you know, you're going to change what you're making to sell out yeah to, to make more so. money or whatever like that I'm I'm just asking if you find that you know let's say you've you've got a project that you're working on but actually you go you know what that project is it's mostly forging. I really want to go and do a little bit of woodwork and just go and make something for the pleasure of making that thing, whether it's related to what you're filming or not. So basically, do you, do you still make stuff and and not film it? Or yeah. do you find that everything you're, you're making, you, you're working into a, a, a video? Okay, so I slightly misinterpreted the question the first time around. And let me say that... The little scrolling tongs that I hmm. posted a photo of, you know, a week or two ago. I had the pleasure of working with Cliff and, and Zach and John when they were up teaching the blacksmithing class. And 
those were practice pieces that I had had rolling around in the tool chest for now the better part of a year. Yeah. And I finished them the other day. Scrolling it was super hack jobbed in terms of uh, I was at, you know, I'm at the maker ranch. I didn't go over to the forge to set the rivet or do any of the cleanup or anything like that. So I did it on using one of the little propane torches and the anvil that they have in the garage. And I got them done. I didn't film it. I took a couple photos for Instagram because I was mm. proud that yeah. I finished a project. But here's the trade-off. And this goes back to what I was saying when I uh, did not correctly answer your question a minute ago. <laughs> I could feasibly film something every day or, or turn yeah. every single project into a video. Whether or not it was, you know, five minutes long or 30 minutes long doesn't really matter. It's how much do I care about playing the regular posting game? Well, if you did, you'd start doing like series. Oh, here's the table series, part one. Yeah. And yeah. you could literally do a video a day. Oh, today we're doing the legs. Yes. And like, to Steve's point, it's... <laughs> the storytelling goes out the window then. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't want to back off of the idea of what my channel has been for this long now. Yeah. I could I could film everything and make multiple videos and be posted very regularly, but that's not why I started doing it. And it wasn't... Uh, I won't even say that I had that idea right when I started the channel. It was more, you know, after a few months or after really getting comfortable in Jimmy's shop and, and meeting more people that were super talented, it was like, oh yeah, we just love making things and like al said earlier on most of the time it's just problem solving i have a problem i need a solution for it and yes i would say a lot of times that can feed a video but there is a difference i i feel like there's almost a line in the sand between how regularly do you want to post how hard are you playing the game which the, i'm not trying to sound condescending or, or demeaning in any way there are people that want to post regularly and have very stringent schedules on being a YouTube creator. I don't think I'm, I don't think I have that drive. I think I like making for the sake of making. And I also know that if I don't give myself the enjoyment, if I'm not allowed to appreciate the time that I'm just making stuff, I'm going to end up, going in a direction that I'm 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 going to be mad at myself in the future. Like I already feel like I said earlier that I don't sleep as much as I should or my brain's going a thousand miles an hour the minute I wake up and I don't allow myself to relax and enjoy the things that that truly make a day a good day or a productive day. I I sent out a couple of shop orders the other day of things that I had made there are no videos that exist of me making those things or the process of putting together the necklaces yeah. that I sent out. Yeah. And I, I do not care in the slightest because it was support that people are giving me based on the work that I'm creating. I didn't take any extra time to make a video out of it. All I did was go, I really like how these look when they're brassed. And I posted that on Instagram because that was yeah. a true, like, I, I like it. it. Look how cool that looks. They're right next to each other. But yeah. I do not take the time to produce extra content or extra 15-part stories about how to tie a barrel knot. 
I'm already yeah. bad at it. I don't want to show it off anyways. It takes me <laughs> six attempts to do it every time. I know that's a long-winded way of, of answering your question, but it's really tough to think that making things would suddenly become less enjoyable because you're making it into so much of a job and trying to adhere to these these schedules or... I don't know. I don't think that's entirely true. I don't think you have to, just because you are doing it as a job, doesn't necessarily mean that it, uh, and like I say, even if you're doing, even if you say like, right, from nine to five, I'm working on X project, I'm filming every second of it, and I'm putting that out as a video. Like if, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do, fine. Um, but it's it's then whether that means that actually in the evenings you whether you still make things and you and you do it for a bit of fun because like there's uh, when I was working a nine to five job I made stuff weekends and evenings because I needed that creative outlet that I wasn't getting in my my nine to five whereas now right. I I get to use that creative outlet. I get to use that those those skills that I want to use. I get to do that stuff, um, and actually, it's meant that I have more free time because I'm, um, yeah, I still make stuff. I still want to make stuff. I'm extremely lucky in that um, having Jazz as a partner means that we still make stuff together. Like we've got a big lump of air drying clay that has been, to be fair, that's been waiting for about three weeks for us to actually do something with. But, you know, we can still uh, be crafty together. I can sit at the computer and I can do some CAD designs in the evening or whatever. I, I can um, I can go and work on the truck in the garage or whatever. like if I've if I've got that time, I can still do those things. But because I've um, um, because I, I, I don't need that uh, creative outlet in the evenings anymore, like it's something that I could do purely for fun, whereas before I needed to do it purely for mental health. Whereas now I'm in this great position where nine to well eight till six, I get to make stuff in the workshop and then I get to come home and granted a lot of the time I'm doing several other things, but it means that, you know, me and Jazz can, we can take Murphy for a walk and we can, uh, we can go and forage some berries and then we can make jam or we can make, cordial or whatever or like uh this weekend i got to make a load of bread and stuff like that and that it, it's still kind of making it still being yeah i know uh it's still kind of making it still um like creative in a way but it's it's just enjoyable it's just it's it's good for my my mental health to be able to just do those sorts of things and i, th I think that's, that's important when when we're talking about like neglect like neglect is not the same thing as sacrifice. So yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm making this. It means I don't make that. It's like that's just a sacrifice. Like I'm, I've, yeah. I've made a decision, conscientious decision to say, this is the thing that's going to either get me more enjoyment or more value or more purpose mm. in my day. Mm. Whereas neglect is the thing that's like, actually does need you. Yeah. So like, Brett. Yeah. Sleep needs 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 us. <laughs> a relaxation needs us, but we we seem to be we seem to neglect it. Mm -hmm. Eat improperly needs us, but we seem to neglect it because the thing we're prioritizing in our heads is more important. Yeah. Right. And it's obviously not. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we, we should not be neglecting 
the functioning of our body. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and I like what I, I like what Steve said too. Sorry, not to interject, but the I don't want it to come across like there's a lack of enjoyment in in making yeah, things. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, Steve, making bread. I, I love uh, that we've been talking about it for, I feel like, years, where you're like, make a sandwich. Make a really good sandwich. <laughs> because putting as much appreciation <clears throat> for the thing you're about to eat, which we all have to eat, why not make it as good as you can, if you can, or if you've got the time? <clears throat> it, Wow. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting so choked up. Um <laughs> I I guess the 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 thing that I agree with most is like I don't want the main channel to ever seem like it's unenjoyable work just for the sake of producing things, right? <laughs> I want it to always stay f- fun and enjoyable for me because it's what I chose to do with my life, but yes, this neglect that seems to come out of like where's the trade-off? What am I doing today? What what am I neglecting? in this, I don't know, Monday, as opposed to last Monday, have they changed? Is it the same thing? The fact that I can make up a little, uh, what are you neglecting most sleep? Well, I feel like I've been saying that for a really long time. So is that going to change at any point or am I, but also yeah. it, it gets to a point where that's obviously not neglect anymore. Yeah. Like it's yeah, just, it's if, just if, if it was like don't sleep. What, one day a week, I don't sleep, you know, Fridays are really neglected. It's like, no, if you never sleep, then it kind of, yeah, it, it, yeah, doesn't it becomes become, becomes normal. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess that, go on. Steve. I, I I was just gonna say because it, it it makes me laugh. There's a a running joke in the workshop about the fact that if you want to work at at the forge, then you need to have insomnia because between me, Al, and Joe, we probably get one good night's sleep a week. Like the three of us all suffer from different ways. Um, but the neglect thing is a is a is a really interesting one and like uh al said about it's it's not sacrifice it's it's neglect um there have been times where i have uh neglected my relationship with jazz because of of work um and having been aware of that in hindsight i now make um i make precautions around it so i know actually you know what if i'm gonna spend you know an entire weekend editing this video and i'm just going to be sat in here then i have to be aware that actually because jazz is working from home because she's still isolating aside from the occasional hangout with some of her work people where she's discussing work stuff i'm her only social interaction so i have to go actually you know what i'm not going to go down to the garage tonight because that would be selfish mm. i'm going to spend some time with her because it's if i was to to go and do that and go and work on my own thing then that would be neglecting uh my my relationship with her and i i don't want to do that um but then at the same time that means that i'm later down the line i'm neglecting other things because i'm you know rather than going and doing whatever else i'm going well actually jazz is uh jazz is asleep so i'm going to come in here and i'm going to work on this cad drawing or i'm going to write up this thing or i'm going to read that or i'm going to watch that video like it's um 
yeah, I think it it's it's that constant kind of balancing act of figuring out what can I neglect and what what can't I and what's what's important. I mean, we talked about prioritizing so many times. It's finding that that list of priorities, and actually, when it gets to a certain point, yeah, you are going to neglect it because it's not high enough off, high enough up on your priority list. Like for for me, over the last um, year the big thing that i've neglected has been my fitness levels um and particularly over lockdown where all i've done is eat uh because i used to go to the gym really really regularly and i used to to work out a lot and i fucking love doing it and it makes me feel better it makes me it gives me more energy i feel really good and yada 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 but the last year or so it's just been Actually, I've got to put all my time and effort into um, into the job, into the all the ancillary things that go with it, and and going. Actually, I've got you know one evening a week where I've got the time that I can actually go to the gym, but I'm there, I'm going to neglect that so that it means I can go and do this other thing instead. Um, and yeah, like it now that's become such an issue that actually I've had to go. No, you know what? I need to make sure that I'm taking care of that aspect. So I'm having to put other things on the back burner and neglect other things. And and actually, look, going back to what I said at the beginning, making fun side projects is that thing that's kind of getting neglected now because it's it's not the need, the the physical need to make things that I once had because I'm lucky enough that I get to do that. Mm-hmm. Um six days out of the week sort of thing but that, that balance though with prioritization it's like it's like sophie's choice like it's not neglect you have to you have to choose one of those things mm-hmm. you can't do both you know dr manhattan like you, you you have to just pick one of those things just by the laws of fucking physics so yeah. i think the word neglect is a really like damning one as if it's like your fault yeah it's like well no because if i did that then i'd be neglecting the other thing I can't do both. Like, we all feel guilty about neglect. Yeah. It's not like, you know, I've neglected fucking Murphy and I've not fed him for a month and he's left out in the <laughs> snow. Like, not not to the extent of, like, damaging neglect, but hmm. if it's about you having to choose between one thing and another thing because you physically can't do both, I think using the term neglect seems like a really kind of unfair judgment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I mean, but like, we're, we're so... You know, our tendencies are to be a bit self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. So even in this this self-guilt that you cast upon yourself, exactly. I like Steve examples of, um, you know, being able to think about a relationship in this aspect is something that I feel like everybody's dealt with in their life, uh, where it's either somebody in the family or yourself or whatever. And I am absolutely guilty of doing this. Um Plenty of times recently, plenty of times in the past, but, uh, you know, working sun up to sundown six days in a row, you are going, you are neglecting something in there, whether you're aware of it or not, something is being neglected. And what it took uh, a big realization for me in the past was how many like friends and family were just completely neglected. And it was because there was a choice, right? I, I need to do this thing. Therefore, everything else is going to be neglected. And yes, 
that creates a bunch of guilt if you're aware of it and you're and you're empathetic to it. But so many times in the past, I'd meet, I'd talk to people who were workaholics. They work all the time because the idea that I have to work seventy hours a week to do this job and make this money and do these things so that I can afford the house and the cars and the, everything like that. And like your wife hates you. Yeah. I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit on that. That's, that's just somebody justifying their greed and like power. Like I want to be Mr. Powerful. Like you can live yes. on fucking welfare. Yeah. Yes. To an extent. But this you want, is, you want a big house and a big car and a big job and a big bonus is because you fucking want it. And you're passing the book on your kids and saying, I do this and I do that for you. It's like, no, you're doing it for yourself. Well, right. That's where that prioritization comes into play. It's stuff that I dealt with at the, at the desk job where everything is a priority and everything is, is number one. Right. So then everything that's listed as a number two or below, that could be a hundred things, <clears throat> but you've self-imposed you know, a dozen priority ones that all have to happen right now. And typically they're self-serving. So with the job, it was always, uh, we need more revenue. We need to fire 10 people. We need uh, progress made on this, that, and the other thing. And also um, the sea levels are all going on vacation. Those are all priority ones. So the, the backbones of the company and the people getting the work done we're given priority two through 400. And it was so self-serving for the, the C's to create these priority lists that we were all, you know, horribly affected by them because we were like, well, I know I'm lower on the list than, you know, the big product meeting that they had this morning to get out the other thing, because it will hopefully pay the bills for the people. And then 10 people get fired. And you're like, wait, was the was the priority to save money or make money? Was the priority to progress the company into the public space so that we could our stock options mean something, or is it really just about getting into the black by any means necessary? And so those priority lists n- never meant anything. Yeah, they never meant anything at the end of the day. And also, that's and just we- like that's 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 like two-dimensional as well like you're just going from you're going from, you're going down the ladder right you're going from yes. these guys prior at the top to those guys prior at the bottom and it's like i bet they're also neglecting the fucking software and the hardware and the yeah. building and yeah. the contractors and the suppliers right you know? but to so the original all... to the original example i always took it a little bit more personal than that and i was like you guys does anybody care about the families of these people? <laughs> like so-and-so just got let go and they have no other income or, or like their partner's out of work too. And we're in such a niche market. How are they going to get a job doing anything else? The other people won't hire them that are in our workspace. And so the this idea of neglect, you know, it's like you pour... of your life into this one thing because you want to be good at it. You want to do well. You want to do your job well. You neglect the other person in your life or the other people in your life. Then you get fired. And then all those people go, oh, well, look who suddenly needs us to be supportive. You have been a real shit for the last two years and prioritizing your work. Now you lose your job and you want a pity party. 
You Sorry, that might be though. that might be like a little too close to home. <laughs> I might be using like, <laughs> so a little bit I think too much there's, example. There's a couple things with that, and it kind of links back to what I was saying just now. Um, the first one is it's niche, not niche. Um, and the second one is with a lot of this. Um, I did stuff, have some delicious in- kitsch for tea, though. <laughs> ham, ham and leek kitsch. Um, uh, a, lo- a lot of this stuff, it seems like what I was saying earlier on about it being a choice and it being prioritization of, of different wants and needs and, and all of that, and that not necessarily being neglect. I think, yes, that's true, but at the same time, and this is a uh, a realization I had whilst you guys were talking is the fact that I think neglect is when you make that prioritization, um, but you don't necessarily make it as a conscious decision. So let's say for example, yeah, neglect is almost like you ignored it or you forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the old, the old car that got neglected, the old building, the old outhouse that yeah. got neglected. It's not because somebody was not caring about it. It's just, it just forgotten. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, example i'm thinking of is uh is my truck like over the last five years that has been completely neglected just because i've not had time there's been so many other things that, well, the fact that I, I've, I've known you for three years and didn't even know it was in the garage until like three months ago yeah exactly <laughs> but, but it, it's just because there's been so many other things going on and it's not the fact that i haven't wanted to work on it or, or whatever else it's just been <clears throat> neglected because um there's there's been uh other things going on there's been other priorities and although some of those things that i did instead of working on the truck aren't necessarily a higher priority um it was it was that unconscious thing of like oh, well i've not i've not done anything on it for a little while so it can wait a little bit longer and it can wait a little bit longer and that's when it gets into that that state of disrepair that that neglected state mm-hmm. um and i think the longer something is left um the more, the longer it's left, the more neglected it becomes, which I realize is kind of a um, self-fulfilling thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that whole thing of like something can be put to one side or put on the back burner for a little while, but after a certain period of time, that then becomes neglect. Um, and again, I don't, I, I really like what you said, Al, about the fact that neglect is, has so many negative connotations on it, but I think it's it's something that we should all be mindful of but it's not always an intentional um, no it's not an evil snap. act it's not yeah. a sinful thing like oh shame on you, you neglected that i think the the car analogy is a really nice one there's almost something romantic about it like yeah. like a, a neglected uh, monastery you know hidden yeah. away in the forest it's almost like it's something that can be re- rekindled and rediscovered Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's almost or restored itself, yeah or restored call back like at all in itself is like a a redemption mm. you know there's a, there's a well, really nice there's a really nice story arc there it's not it, like brett i totally hear you about the um you know you're working so many hours a week and you're neglecting your friends and your family and stuff it's like but to steve's point about the, the time aspect of it if it's just that one week like that's not neglect yeah if, right. if, if they if they love you they should know that you're fucking busy well, and the fact, and the fact that you've not spoken to them for a week is because you've got a fucking deadline. Yeah. If it's but ten I, years, I, then yeah, that's neglect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I one hundred percent agree with that, and I think me bringing up the example is more uh, having dealt with it in the past. And mm. 
admittedly, no, no, exa- I've, I've gone through exactly the same thing, dude. Yeah, and it, admittedly, I, I equated to a little bit of my upbringing and just like Midwest dynamics and personalities and religions and things that I was grown up around. Um, you are meant to give the people close to you a very substantial amount of time and, and maintain contact. And it's very, you know, face-to-face contact, communication. Blah. I think we are so uh, ingrained, or at least I was, I'll, I'll just put this example totally on myself, but you're so ingrained with, you need to keep up with these people. You know, if you care about somebody, you really need to be communicative and you need to talk to them all the time. It's why they're, um, wow, that's a really <laughs> yeah. fast, fast vehicle in the background. Um, I think it, it comes up as that negative example that you bring up a lot with people. Like we, we typically put the guilt trip thing on people where if you haven't talked in three months, you're terrible or, or like, I can't believe you didn't say a word to me for three months and we're, we're friends. You're like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Has it been three months? <laughs> yeah. What's Has a fucking month? Months? Yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get around to the, the point, but. I have people in my life that since I've I've become more comfortable in the idea that like we are friends, we have a connection with each other. It doesn't matter if we talk tomorrow or six months from now, we're still going to be fine. But so often that's looked at as, as neglect by people and you get guilt tripped and be like, well, you haven't talked to me in six weeks. (laughs) Like I had a lot of shit going on. So I, I, I'm going to come in on this one a little bit because I, um, I think I've even said it on, on the podcast before, like the, the whole uh, acorns and orchids deal um, with uh, friendships. You, they, people fall into two, two, two categories, acorns and orchids. Acorns, you plant them in the ground, they grow, you give them a little bit of care every now and then, you might come back every six months, a year, whatever, a little bit of water, make sure they're all right. That's fine. You leave them to it. They grow into a, a mighty oak tree. Uh, orchids, if you take your eye off of them for more than a day, they shrivel and die. And and that's um, like that's the kind of, uh, I can't think of the fucking word, metaphor now for relationships. Um, because, you know, you've, you've got people that you, you have a, a, a bond with, a relationship with, they, it grows into a really good strong relationship that will always be there and then there's the orchids which are you know they they need constant attention constant looking after and the best thing about that um analogy is the fact that it's one of them's useful for something well no i was gonna say it's the fact that (laughs) orchids are so-called orchids because it's the latin name for a testicle because that's what the orchid (laughs) dogs look like and (laughs) if you're an orchid that basically means you're a bollock so screw you um (laughs) But I yeah, just like, I like I, I like knowing that that's more of the the long term investment. You understand that it is not neglect; it is like long running care and, and yeah, energy so, being put in. Like growing up, a lot of my friends um, would constantly give me shit for not um, like not being out drinking with them every weekend. Like they would, they'd go through months of not actually seeing me or when they do see me, it's because I'm there at a venue working sort of thing. And it's, I can't go in and, and have a drink with them. And, um, and it was really interesting seeing that the difference in people between those that I'm still friends with to this day, 
and those that um, would get upset because while I was there, why wasn't I going and drinking with them? Because I'm fucking working. Um, and the the same ones that would, they totally get the fact that on the rare occasion I did get to run in and see them or I, I had a night off and I, I would be out. I might go and see them one, on a Wednesday afternoon and only be able to stop in for half an hour, have a real quick catch up, give them a hug. And then I'm, shit, sorry, I've got to go. I've got eight other things I've got to get on with. Um, like I've always been a busy person. Like I, I made a joke in the chat earlier on about 70 hour week being a, a part-timer sort of thing. Like I, I've always worked a ridiculous amount of hours and whether that's paid work or unpaid work or whatever, but the, the friends that, that know me, that know what I'm like, know that they could phone me up at three in the morning and say, shit, Steve, I'm, I know we haven't seen each other in three and a half years, but I've just broken down on the M5. Is there any chance you could come and get me? And they know that, yeah, okay, give me five minutes to put some pants on and I'll, I'll be out the door sort of thing. And you're one of those pants people. (laughs) And, uh, and it's, it's that thing of, of having that investment into a relationship and realizing that there is a, a difference between neglect and making that and, and just not necessarily prioritizing things. And like it, it's this weird thing where some things, you know, if you like, so for example, Murphy, if I, if I leave Murphy on his own for 48 hours and I lock him in the house and I don't go in and see him, that is neglect. Uh, if I leave one of my friends and I don't see them for six months, that's that's not neglect. If I leave Jazz on her own for six months, that, that is neglect. <laughs> like, that's neglecting my role. That's in that neglect. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, so there's all these different things. And, like, the car... Leaving it for a year, that's not really neglect. That's just having a busy year. Leaving it for five, six years, that's, that is neglect. Um, and it's this weird sliding scale of, um, of responsibility, of uh, commitment, of obligation, and finding where things sit on that scale and figuring out what's neglect and what's not, what's acceptable and what's not is it's fucking impossible it's going to be an ever-changing thing i like the term commitment being ruled into all of this i think with i think the trade-off of proper commitment to time management to prioritization and stuff that that has to be an aspect of all of this i don't consider um neglecting something if i've given a conscious effort to invest commitment or or sorry it's a little redundant. If I can just commit to the idea of, say, this car that you have, you you have the car, you have the vehicle, you know that you're going to work on it, whatever. You have committed to that decision that you will have it. Mm. You could sell it tomorrow and lose all guilt or commitment or your prioritization could become something completely different because now you don't have this thing hanging around. You don't have to feel guilty about it anymore. You could, but you've made a conscious decision that that is going to be a thing that you work on. You've committed to it. However long it takes you to get there, 
I don't see that as any kind of uh, like you don't get to to tell yourself you're neglecting it. I think there are other objects or or jobs or projects that you could totally cast that on and say you're neglecting that thing, but there's a trade and a balance of commitment to either people or things or projects hmm. that at least for me, once I commit to something like that's it, it, I will, I will give it as much energy as I have, you know, time management skill, which is something yeah. I'm obviously working on. But when it comes down to the people aspect of it, because it is something that I have dealt with in the past, if I've committed to like, this is a genuine friendship. This is someone that I feel a connection with. And, and that will be maintained at whatever capacity I can give it. I don't ever want to have to feel like I'm neglecting somebody because I've made the conscious effort. I've committed to that thing. Hmm. Now, whatever kind of personal crap gets in the way and maybe blows that relationship up or out of the water, that's to be determined down the line. But if I've known, say, Alex, who was on our podcast, you know, I've known Alex for a decade no, like 12 or 13 years at this point. We will go weeks, if not months, without talking to each other. And it never affects anything. Because he gets busy, and I get busy, and we've known each other for a very long time. There is a massive amount of commitment and energy that's been put into us having the relationship that we do. Somebody that has that relationship with like their table saw that may need some maintenance on it, or, or your favorite tool in the shop that you're just like, ugh. I know I need to get around to fixing you because of care. You could mine, you, you could chuck it in the bin. There are more tools out there. Mm. But you develop these connections with certain things or, again, your car. You've committed to that being a part of your life. Yeah. So I, think, I, I, don't think you can, I don't think you can cast guilt on yourself for how long it I, takes. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is uh, an aspect of neglect. I mean, I would define neglect of an object to be that its state deteriorates. So say I would class the car as, as, as being neglected because it is in a worse condition than when I last left it. Um, <laughs> Opposite of a restoration. Got it. Exactly. Yeah. Because it sat there, it was uh, bits of it were unprotected and bits of it started to rust. Um, so I would class that as neglect, um, but I think it's, it's it's an interesting point. The fact that there is um, there is uh, there's obvious differences between neglect of a responsibility, neglect of an object, neglect of a person, neglect of a relationship, um, and all these things are um, are entirely different and entirely unique. And each one, like each, like my the way that I neglect a relationship is going to be the, different to the way that you neglect a relationship. The different, the way that you neglect a, a tool is going to be different to the way that I neglect a tool. Like it's, it, it is an entirely um, uh, individual and that's the fucking word. Uh, like I'm going to see no. neglect in different ways. Yeah, uh, it's, it's unique to you. Yeah. But what's the fucking word that I'm thinking of? Personal. No. Uh, Opinion. Like from a, a every every person is going to have a different uh, observation of it. Point of view, perspective. Perspective. I'm sure it begins with a C. Let's figure out if we can spend ten minutes of this podcast just figuring out what word you're thinking of. Yeah, uh, this is like what we tried to do the alliteration. Uh, two syllables. Um, it's a movie. Uh, 
I tell you what, why don't we go to spiffing? And no, then we'll, not a good uh, come back. Oh, uh, not subjective. Thank you, Jazz. See, because I don't neglect. <laughs> you knew it began with a C. You began with an S. Subjective. Neglect is entirely subjective, and Jazz knows that because Jazz is fucking spiffing. <laughs> Uh, Al, have you got an order? Yeah, it's Azab. Azab, which means you're going first. Oh, fuck. I'll never think this through. Yeah, yeah, prick. That means you have to talk. Oh, okay, you got, oh so cool. Oh, so okay, cool. cool. Yeah. You, you do realise... you made I, anymore. Every week I put in from... So, Al, have you got an order? So all this is going to go in. That's fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Behind the curtain. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, okay, cool. So cool. the um, it's another pet spiff. Yay! We need a pet spiff jingle. Nah, 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 nah. And by pets, pets, we know we all mean dogs. Um, yeah. So The only pet worth having. D- uh, well, apart from stoats. Um, Dave Stanton, a.k.a. the Australian... Um, oh, God, what's it called? Author? No, New, New Yankee Workshop. Norm. The Australian Norm Abram. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. Dave Stanton had a fantastic little pug called Barry, who was just like so old and like just the perfect companion for Dave because he looks like an old um, Pierce Brosnan. And this pug was just class. But unfortunately, it was really, really old and it passed away. But he's recently got a, he's Aww. recently got a placement for Barry called Baroness. And it's just a little, it's just a little <laughs> girl pug. And it's just absolutely bonkers. And it, it's just such a, it's like a classic movie, like man and dog companion, because he's like really like refined and like a fine aged wine. And she's just a little yeah. mental, like really young pug. <laughs> it's just bonkers. Um, so just seeing them on their little adventures is enough to warm cockles. So um, Dave yeah, sorry, and I'm just watching the, uh, just watching the, uh, uh, Instagram post that he just put up yes. where the dogs just well, like normally his Instagram posts are like really refined woodworking and like engineered like he built yeah. his own like woodworking benches and stuff and he's got his own tool range and he's like but I think like, the last month of all his Instagram posts has just been his little puppy yeah <laughs> so that's amazing David uh, Baroness cool uh, abs which means bre- no as a- it's as a as a Oh, that means I'm next. I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am going to go with um, a very uh, uh, channel, actually, um, which is TA Outdoors, which uh, up until recently, I thought the TA was like a, a way of getting people that were into the like the territorial army, territorial army into the channel. And I was like, it's a bit of a weird name. Um, thinking like maybe he was in the TA. But turns out it actually stands for totally awesome, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, this guy uh, Mike Pullen, um, he's got a million and a half subs on YouTube, um, but does really nice, um, like full length builds of uh, all kinds of like survival huts and things like that. Um, he's just done a, a series on making a, a medieval roundhouse. Um, they're like 
half hour long videos or more um right. uh, yeah uh, a viking house with a grass roof um, um and there's there's quite a few videos on there like some of them are um at, uh, talking about actual bushcrafting techniques and things like that um weirdly enough i've just noticed that he did a 15 pound rusty knife restoration recently which i'm yeah uh but um most of this stuff is these really nice slow builds um where there's no talking or anything like that and it's just watching him and his mate like make a roundhouse or make a a bark covered tent or whatever um or it's um it's like face to camera conversations about bushcrafting skills and stuff like that um but yeah uh he's uk based um and really nice bike apparently like i know a few people that have uh dealt with him one-on-one and um yeah he's he's quite a nice guy nice. um but yeah so that's ta outdoors go check him out um he has also recently brought a land rover as well which means that he's massively gone up in my and the, and the yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so that's mine although weirdly enough i did actually have uh in my notes from earlier in the week i had jim's wife written down because i think originally i was going to spiff jim's missus but i'm not sure why or if she's even on social media so jim your wife's ace but yeah uh brett (laughs) all righty uh I'll throw a, a quick like mini spiff in here just for folks to check out. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has been suggested the two minutes to late night channel on YouTube, but I think because of my affinity for some harder rock and metal music, I've been suggested these videos. There's a bunch of really amazing musicians coming together to do uh, covers during quarantine. And they are great. And it's a bunch of bands and members of people that I like. So if you like uh, Mastodon or Coheed or Baroness or any of these other kind of harder bands, you can go check that channel out. It's hilarious. Anyway, the person that I'm actually going to spiff is going to be Steve Ramsden, who admittedly I was just very recently introduced maybe within the last hour um oh, five minutes but i've you know i've been coming through the videos already and i have to appreciate the fact that he also is just putting like video gameplay videos up <laughs> he's like amidst his channel of um production techniques and visual effects stuff and tutorials and walkthrough which i will always appreciate anybody showing new workflows or uh, new ways to achieve visual effects cheaply or or kind of like, uh, I guess DIY is the wrong term, but like you don't need a lot of extra stuff and you can get at least a basic effect. Um, the Doctor Who regeneration we were talking about during the little pause here, but it's effective, but obviously not on the budget of what the BBC had to do it. But if you want to get into playing around with After Effects or learning kind of on the fly, which is what my biggest suggestion for anybody wanting to get into visual effects or motion graphics stuff, it's better to just try and recreate techniques or things that you see 
because you'll learn a lot in the process. And then it's just a question of tightening up your actual uh, workflow. Mm. Like anybody can make anything given enough time, at least on After Effects. You know, you could animate a full movie if you wanted to. It would take you forever. But once you get the basics down, a lot of it is just streamlining the workflow and figuring out how to make things, uh, I don't know, faster and easier. So go check out Steve Ramsden if you're interested in things like After Effects or he works in Premiere as well. Tighten up your workflows. I don't know, maybe one watch one of his like Dig Dug videos or whatever the hell he put up. <laughs> if you're really into classic <laughs> video game play. I don't there's know one, where this one, guy. There's one scene he does where he basically shows you how to film a shot where he runs through the hallway, through the bedroom, jumps out the window on like the third story, and like lands on the floor in the garden, and it's all just fake. Yeah, and you can just do it all with like one camera. So it's it's just a really easy way to get like, I guess, yeah, not cheap special effects, but but like you say, like your foot in the door, right? Accessible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, exactly. I like the idea of being able to show people. I don't want to say lower tier, but mm. suggesting things like video copilots to people, even though they're a great tutorial resource that existed for years, some of that stuff I'll look at and I'm just like, this is hours and hours and hours of time if you want to rotoscope a lightsaber on yourself, which is like <laughs> it's a relatively easy effect, but. It's kind of a high entry. Like, okay, get ready to de designate the next eight hours to, you know, rotoscoping three seconds of footage. It's it's nightmarish to step into stuff. So anytime you can kind of get it down to a little bit more home friendly or like, hey, in a weekend, take your kids, make a puppet version of Wolf of Wall Street. Well, he, he did that. So, yeah. Nice. Anyway, go give cool. it a look-see. Uh, is there any other business um, from either of you two? This is where you, you respond. I, did, I don't Yes. No. Is there? No. Okay. <laughs> don't neglect video games. Don't neglect video games. Oh. And speaking of Dig Dug, I, in the last two days at work, I've gone through the entirety of uh, Ready Player One again because I've been in the workshop on my own and it's weird, like just listening to music, it doesn't feel quite right. So it's quite nice having Ready Player One because there's just constant noise in the background. And I've listened to it that many times that I don't need to actually listen to what's going on. Um, it's yeah. a weird one. Like, Here, although, okay. there's, although there's music in the office when I'm at work, I can't have music when I'm working at home on my own. Yeah. It's mm. so weird. Yeah. yeah but I feel like this would be a good time to say hey, if anybody wants to start like a subreddit but on our fools with tools page for just like ready player one and <laughs> similarly uh similar ready books. player two yeah well Ooh, steve's keeping soon. me posted on the ready player two thing i don't know how it's gonna pan out yeah i'm not sure about that um but uh i just hope spielberg's uh, not producing the book or he's behind yeah. it. he's like you know what we should do is make another book and then i can make another movie <laughs> um but yeah no, i like i uh I listen to music. I quite often have headphones in listening to music when there's other people in the workshop, but when I'm there on my own, music just doesn't quite do it. Um, well, see, uh, myths, myths and legends and ologies have been getting me through. 
Yeah. Uh, those are really great. Cabin of Curiosities, lore, all that stuff. And then obviously Full Blast Podcast. Everybody should be listening to Jeff's podcast because it's great. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, something about Ready Player Two. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about it. And I think they should definitely do a a Netflix show of the book rather than like because the film was the film was great and all but after it? yeah it, it was like if you if you don't <laughs> if you haven't read the book it was great i recognize that character from that film yeah but if if you actually i don't know did you guys see battle toads <laughs> deep cut but yeah I, I just think you could get so much more from it if, if it was a nice actual long series that stuck somewhat close to the plot of the book uh, we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have an episode dedicated to long form versus short form of storytelling like when yes. does something when should something have a longer play out when should something be done in when should something episode? be a short story and when should something be made into 10 films on the fast and furious franchise <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a one fucking page story about a drag race <laughs> We're now 10 films in. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway. Uh, oh, I did actually have uh, a little bit of AOB, uh, which is, um, it, if you're listening to this, you probably already know who Paul Jackman is. Um, but if you don't, go check out his latest video or even just his latest Instagram post. He's moved workshops and his new workshop is awesome. He actually talked about it a little bit when he was on the show last year, I think. Um, it was forever ago. Yeah, it was fucking I'm long so time I'm so excited ago. for him. He gets to be in this yeah. place. It, the place looks amazing. The people he's got working with him look amazing. And mm. I'm super excited about it. So congrats, Paul. Well done, you. Uh, that sounded really sarcastic. I didn't mean it like that. Well uh, Jeff- done, Paul. <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, gen- genuine congratulations and everything. Um, uh, right. If you want to get hold of us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al Secret Door. Yes. Oh, uh, that's a hint of some sort. I can only feel it. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, uh, at FWT Podcast on Instagram, uh, Fools of Tools on Facebook, and FWTPodcast.com for the internet. Uh, I think that's it. So without further ado, we will see you next week. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.